This is episode 31. It is the recap of um, episode four of season three. Um, we have Sarah is not able to be with us today. So we have a guest host, Shauna. Um, she's been on episodes before um, and did a fabulous job. So we're super excited about her opinions about this wonderful episode. Oh my God. So good. So exciting. Um, and so today's going to be a little loosey goosey because your moderator forgot she was the moderator. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> we're, we're living life loose and fancy free. Um, and so we'll sort of start out talking about general thoughts and then do what we most, you know, usually do go character by character and they're going to overlap and we're not going to ever stay on topic ever. So, um, <laughs> Mick, I know in, in, the, in your notes, you talked about it felt like a fever dream <laughs> the whole episode. Which has almost yeah. felt like the whole season so far, but like in a good way. Yeah, yeah, it's- yeah. Well, it's totally, it's a good comment. Like it's, uh, it's a fever dream in a good way. Um, and I was very like from the stills that came out, I was like, what the fuck is going to happen in this episode? Because you had Liz with a fringe and, you know, all of it looking very weird. And I, I was it was all pretty positive. I mean, it reminded me of what they were trying to do, I guess, with 206, which is do like a spooky, weird, alternate, you know, other universe kind of episode. But this was successful, I think. I mean, well, and like an attempt to have some different kind of humor, some yeah. different kind of like darker humor or some really bizarre because again in a show that's so it's supposed to be sci-fi a lot of what they do is rooted in reality like we don't get a lot of off the wall crazy stuff and so this I like that sort of confusion about where we are and what's going on and really never being certain about what's going to happen I think that worked out really really well and I correct me if I'm wrong but there will be another episode entirely in Maria's head right or is I freaking hope so uh, I I know that it's coming, so. but I didn't think it was this one yet. I didn't think it was this I'm early sure. on because this one, I think the episode coming up will take, so I'm hoping we get to see more of this sort of weird reality. That would be yeah. awesome. I gotta say, uh, I'm surprised to say this, especially since Alex wasn't in the episode. That was one of my favorite episodes of the show ever. Like it was so well done, funny, scary. Like it was just, it made me like characters I don't normally enjoy watching on screen. I was like, this is the show I fell in love with. This show yeah. was so well done. I was so impressed. Oh, I agree yeah. completely. What I liked about it, like comparing it to 206, is that they they tr- they succeeded in doing a different episode of showing like, you know, the mindscape or whatever, something weird. And they didn't fuck up their canon mm-hmm. like it all fit in the canon and in the um, plot for the season as it's evolving and it was weird and different and and fun uh, so w- in a way that 206 wasn't I mean at least for me personally but in general I think 206 also changed canon and then it was ignored for the rest of the season and I I feel like this episode is not going to be because it actually um, drove the plot forward. I it, I have to say, I call it, because I'm a huge Sherlock fan, I called it Maria's Mind Palace. And uh, I just wanted that whole episode to be Maria's Mind Palace. Like, I just, that was amazing. And, um, and actually, the Rosa scenes, like, for once made sense. And then you add Jones. Do I like Jones? Yes. Am I supposed to? I don't know, but I do. So it was just, it, it was just such a good episode. I watched it twice. 
And I've never watched an episode of Frostball twice. All right, let's get started um, with talking about specific characters and specific scenes. We're going to start with Liz, which I feel like we often do. um, Because to me, personally... She, her character has been the weakest link of the season so far. And I would say the episode even Mm -hmm. really, except for towards the end. Um, I, you know, of course we have that sort of dreamscape Liz where she gets to have a little bit more of a personality and sort of be bubbly and weird and strange, which of course I love. Um, And then that juxtaposed with Liz, who I guess is back in LA with Heath. Um, Okay, I'm sure. where they it feels like she's slowly like dying <laughs> i don't you know like the character <laughs> isn't really doing much they're not really doing much with what is one of their strongest actors one of their strongest characters um i'm hoping that now that we've seen the you know the end of this episode where we're kind of getting some of that old liz back that we're going to start seeing some movement forward for her um so let me hear what what, what do you think about liz I would say Liz was the weakest link in the whole episode because everything that was happening with her didn't really make a lot of sense. Like, oh, she just happens to be at a fancy party, standing outside, you know, looking gorgeous with this dude. He, I don't get him. He freaks me out. I don't. I think he's evil. But anyway, um, and I mean, he's then just, all of a sudden, he's Kyle. He's Kyle. Well, he's it's like not a- even that. It's 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 all too convenient. Like, oh, I just happen to have a buddy that like can get us this. And I happen to know a guy that can do this. Who knows people like that? Nobody does unless they're evil. Uh, And then the whole dancing thing. Like, what was the point of that? I get that the actors can dance. um, So you think you can dance, et cetera. Um, But it just was like, what are we doing? Like, what is the point? And it wasn't until she was like on the floor doing whatever that I was like, oh, finally, Liz is doing something, possibly dying, but at least she's doing something. The dancing was very pretty. It was a very pretty scene. Well, great. Yeah. Two hot people moving around on the dance floor. That's great. Everybody loves that. But what was the point? I don't. I would have rather had Liz wearing the bunny ears in the in the dreamscape than her dancing on the ground. So dancing yeah. on the ground. I generally thought at first that that was still the mindscape. Because I I I, I, I did not expect for her to be back in LA. Like I, I thought she was going to stay a little longer. Well, she mentioned she was in town only for the weekend, but I thought that, you know, in episode, <laughs> she was going to stay longer in Roswell. I mean, obviously she's going back, but, but <laughs> you know, it was so funny. It was like, well, why is he in the dreamscape? They don't know him. <laughs> Somehow, that's what's funny is that somehow the reality of parts of 204 felt like it it was the fake parts like yeah that's the fever dream is like all of a sudden I like blinked and Liz is dancing I'm like okay (laughs) what did I miss here and you can't really you know make nobody blames you for not really understanding like how much time has passed from one episode to the next so (laughs) I mean could it have been a year possibly she could be married to Heath for all we know at this point (laughs) So it's good. Um, yeah. I definitely for a moment thought Heath was going to kill Liz. <laughs> other, people, other people, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why is Heath going to murder her? And then I was like, you're really bad at murder mysteries. You're really bad at this because there's been right. literally no hints. Of course, he's not going to murder Liz. You know, So that was like a moment of how, how could I doubt poor sweet Heath, who is just no, in love with the wrong woman. I don't trust him. I do not trust him. He's an attractive, nice, smart man. There's something wrong with him. Trust me. Whether it's mommy issues or he's a serial killer, it's one of the mean, other. Do you remember season one and what we thought of Noah? He's, yeah. See what I'm yep. saying? Heath, Heath is clearly broken inside because he's fallen in love with a woman who does not want him and is clearly still tied to Roswell. So he's not perfect. He's a dumb dumb. <laughs> But he's, he's a very himbo. attractive. He's a himbo. And he's like, but he's like a smart himbo, which I didn't yeah. don't know what you would call yeah. that or what that is, but he's a scientist himbo. So and I'm I, sorry, but in what world are there like I'm sorry to hot scientists out there that exist because I'm sure there are some, but like where are they? Because like she finds all of them. Like I, <laughs> I want to give me I guess a West nerdy. Coast? 
don't know. Geeky scientists, like just one, just one. Alex can work with them. It's fine. Just give me one. <laughs> I just want one. Um, I don't know. I am happy with the Liz we got at the end of the episode. She mm-hmm. finally had a, had a focus, finally had some fire, finally seemed like she knew what she wanted. Want, you know, was going to resign and come back to Roswell. I did like the line about, I have people. Yeah. I, I, you know, coming to that realization of she's probably felt very lost in the last year. I know she has from all of her descriptions and she does have a support system. It's not perfect right now. There's some issues, there's a lot of issues, but I think realizing that, you know, she does have a place to go and LA is clearly not home. Um, again, poor Heath, but that's clearly not where she wants to be. <laughs> and so I'm glad that I'm glad that that chapter is seemingly over that she won't spend any more time in LA. Yeah. Well, yeah, because from, you know, I mentioned this in the last episode when she apologized that I wanted it to be something that was, you know, something that lasted and we saw some something in her actions that said she actually changed and developed as a character. So I think this shows that she did grow um, or she's growing. She's starting to learn to trust people and what her what her place is, what she's supposed to do. Um, and clearly what Kyle said to her last episode had an impact on her and on who she wants to trust and where she wants to be and what she wants to do. So I really like that scene. Um, let's go talk about... <laughs> One of two pairs of the stars of this episode, Maribel. Um, we'll just we'll pour one out for the ship that we could have had. Well, you know, I'm just pour one out for the for the dead here. Um, <laughs> but it's if we put that aside, what we we it could have been great. Will always be the one thing that I am saddest about in Roswell. But them together, regardless is so good is so 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 good they work so well together there's always that level of antagonism all that you know there's always that like begrudging respect they seem to have for one another that's growing um and so it works i'm glad that they spent the majority of their other time together in this episode Mm -hmm. um because because of that and their chemistry as actors like I was like, we taking drugs out in the desert? Is this what we're doing? Is this what kind of friends we are? Like, sign me up. I want to, like, what? That, I, include me, please. That seems like a good time. And I like that Isabel seems, she just seems softer and nicer this season. People want to spend time with her. She wants to spend time with people. And, and she and Maria, hopefully after this episode, after they've kind of gotten over this um, unknowing barrier between the two of them that you know we'll get even more um, unfortunately family oriented things rather than ship oriented things but you know I'll take what we can get okay DeLuca spit it out why is my mother in your head you mean my great grandmother and your sister Patricia yeah tomato tomato hardly how can you not see that I'm sorry does this have something to do with me yes no wait I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of family, but I, my mom needs me more than ever. I'm not normal enough to be human, but apparently I'm not alien enough to be part of the alien gang. I just, I don't know. I'm lonely. What, you're queen of feelings now? How did you not know that? I don't know, you know, in my defense, I've had this new ability for like 36 hours. I, Ever since I found out about Louise, I just, I wanted to feel some type of connection. And your only connection is through me. And I haven't exactly been including you. In fact, I've been actively excluding. Yeah. Criticizing. Antagonizing. Antagonizing. Irritating. Just not treating you like family. It would just be nice to know what planet my great-grandmother's from. Well, you know what? Why don't we solve this, and then let's talk about it over some acetone margaritas. Okay. I got really big sister vibes off the two of them in this episode, which I quite liked. And their banter has always been really, really well done. 
Um, so it was, a, it was, it was great to watch that happen. I honestly, what I keep picturing back is when they're at the final and they're looking at uh, <laughs> Isabel's mom and she's just like, Maria's looking all confused. And then you just see Isabel sipping from her mint milkshake, just like, all right, we're going to do this. And I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. Um, but the big thing too, was finally getting um, to the root of what drives Maria, because in the beginning, it was all about her mom. Last season, it made absolutely no sense. And it, and we've circled back around to this family being the important thing for her and her really being alone and not having anybody and her wanting to connect that way. And I was just like, oh, hallelujah, we finally get it. And honestly, out of the three, family is the most important to Isabel. She's the one that's like fight so hard to keep the three of them together. So to have Isabel include Maria that way is huge. Um, well, so I'm looking also, forward to seeing more of that. And also Isabel not getting defensive, which is nice. Mm -hmm. She didn't get defensive about it. She, she came to that realization of, oh, I'm not yeah. only ex excluding you, I'm actively trying to exclude you, not really thinking... I think because both Maria and Isabel have had a hard time being vulnerable with one another. So Maria never told Isabel, this is how she's feeling. Mm -hmm. um, Isabel is doing Isabel things where she just plows forward without really thinking about anyone else. And you don't really think about this sort of tenuous family connection. You're like, maybe it's not as important as I thought, but it's clearly important for both of them. And I'm glad mm -hmm. I'm very intrigued by the fact that the dreamscape was both of them and them having to work together and talk to one another and talk things out to get things to disappear or whatever, get to the root, root mm -hmm. of the problem. Like it was such, so beautifully done. I mean, again, not subtle at all, but you know, it could have been a very isolating thing for Maria, Maria to go through, but I'm glad that it forced both of them to be a little bit more vulnerable. Well, I have to say, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, I love that connection that Shona made about, about family being important to both of them. Um, obviously chemistry, off the roof between the two of them I like that they moved past because last season it was very I love their banter but all, also it seemed very bitchy between them like right. way too much like way too uh well not feminist at all it's the best way I can describe it and now it it's still banter but it's, it's softer it's like it's a sibling vibe it's you know it's a it's good yeah. and then yeah yes to maria calling isabel out and doing it in a very nice way all things considered and what i love about maria saying that about family you know that she says that she doesn't feel included in the human side you know of, of society that she, she doesn't even feel feel included with the aliens and i love that because she was like oh just make Maria bisexual because this will make so much more sense. Like it would make so much sense as a metaphor right. if she was exactly. bi. Um, but also, you know, if we don't know anything about her dad, but if also if she was biracial, possibly, I think that's a good metaphor for both, you know, bisexual people, biracial people, mm -hmm. um, always feeling like they don't belong in either parts of society, I guess. Um, so it was great. I loved it. Um, one thing I did, I just thought of that I wanted to mention because I loved was when they showed the little girl in the mindscape doing karate and they were like, what's she about? And Isabel was like, oh, that might have something to do with like my dream of opening a self-defense school for girls. And I was just yeah. like, can I just like, I didn't know I could fall more in love with Isabel. And then I did it and it happened. And now I just need her to do that. I will watch a show of Isabel teaching girls how to defend themselves yeah well, well it was yeah. very sweet it was a sweet inclusion yeah. because again not only continues to make Isabel more likable like more vulnerable mm -hmm. um it also gives her it felt like she hasn't had a lot of drive outside of like figuring out what's going with you know on with the alien mm -hmm. stuff and all of that but this gives her if it's something that's going to come up again an actual drive to do something with her work life or you know, to pour some of her energy into. I always had high hopes after the abortion storyline in season two, when she talked about women's clinics and not having one close by. I kind of always wanted that to be what Isabel did because 
I thought there was a reason they had her bring it up. And of course that they never brought it up again, which is fine. So I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be something that, you know, ever comes up again, or if it's one of those, like at the end of the entire series, we see her finally do it, which would be awesome. So mm-hmm. I do hope that at some point it pops up again, because it's such a strange, random, wonderful detail. Yeah, I guess my only thing with the, you know, all the little things that they had to confront in the uh, dreamscape, I I really do wish that it, either the episode was only focused on the two of them. I know they have to have all the other characters in, but, you know, um, or it was two episodes in the dreamscape because I really wanted to see them actually, you know, confront the the issues that they had. Like Michael was there. That could have been interesting, you know, other than seeing the two the two versions of Max and being like, yeah, Max has a clone and that's it. <laughs> and it disappears. Yeah. And then Isabel's Isabel's mom being the only thing that actually that they actually tell us what it's what it's about. So yeah, I think this, I, I personally don't think they spent enough time. I think that this should have been a much long, you know, a much longer experience. It could have been really, really cool, but I still love but what we got, but it was very quick. How, f- how fun it would have been like to have Alex's brother in there. And then Isabel could have been like, oh, why is he here? Like, like they could have, they could have done so much more with it. And I get that they couldn't, but if the whole episode had been that, I I'd still would have been super enjoyable. So. All right. What else about Maribel? Anything? Um, just about Maria, I guess. Uh, I don't understand if her visions are changing or or it's just like her unlocking parts of the vision or if the vision is actually changing or if it's her having details coming to more focus. I'm still of the belief that things will change, but that, you know, who knows? I don't, I don't know. You know, we're not getting with every new detail that comes out, I'm more and more confused. So I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm just, I was never good at, you know, any clue. I was never good at anything. So I can't think that far ahead. Um, I still thought Kyle actually died. So, I mean, it's fine. I don't know what's going on. Um, All I know is whoever it was, Liz showed up to the late to their funeral and that's just rude. Like somebody's dead, Liz. Get your shit together. I want to spend some time at the end of us debating about who we think it is because there's some, right. every detail um, makes it more and more confusing. So, but, but mm-hmm. I want to spend a good chunk of time on that because we're all going to be wrong and it's going to be great. All right. So we're going to move on and we're going to talk about Kyle and along with Kyle, a little bit of Michael um, because thank God, it only took a year and a half, two years, really, to get more guarantee scenes. Um, but And not just, like, good scenes. Like, yes, I, I obviously am a Malik shipper. That's how it's been since day one. But this is my favorite little side fun ship. And there's a reason, because their scenes are fucking phenomenal. There's the sarcasm. Michael's little grin, their heads are really close together. Like all the things that they're doing, it's just really cute. They have a good dynamic. It's one that Michael pretends, you know, it's just like a child on a playground. He's like pretending Kyle has cooties, but I'm like, but really? I think you got a giant big old crush on Kyle. Same, I get it. I think personally, like, and I love their dynamic. I love them together, but I honestly think it's still rooted in, I think it's rooted in Alex because Kyle and Alex were best friends. And then Kyle became a dick in high school. And then Michael's super protective of Alex, but then that flipped, right? Now Kyle's super protective. So I think it's a part of that. They always never got along, but now it's even like, it's almost in a weird way. I think they respect each other, but they're also like, I fucking hate you. (laughs) And so they don't like it. And so it's like, you see it when like, Kyle makes Michael chuckle and then he's mad about it. Like, it's just like, they're the, the weirdest dynamic, but they're so fun together. And the Michael hand let flick. go. Yeah, the hand flicking it's his hand It's the hand off. flick for me. Okay, whatever. You know, we, you are really protesting way too much. But also, Michael, let it go. 
Yeah. Kyle well, and Alex, Alex has clearly let things go. Yeah. You know, and I, so I kind of do love that, that. And there's probably more reasons beyond, you know, yeah. Michael's just a fucking petty ass bitch. So, I mean, this makes yeah. sense. You're dramatic also, bisexual. <laughs> let, you know, if, if Alex has forgiven Kyle for being an ass, which he clearly has over and over again, I think maybe you could probably forgive him as well. And like maybe chill a little bit. But I do, there's always yeah. that sort of biting um interaction like michael's always kind of an ass but then the, they were poets too that everyone thought michael was sort of teasing kyle and i was like no that was no. a sweet moment no that being, seems sincere he was actually smiling. all he the was so tags sweet. on gift sets were like oh michael's being a little shit i'm like no he's being sweet that was a yeah. sweet thing to say he was he was being a shit before was, that existing in a moment kyle was living in memories and remembering people through this object this is hard for kyle he's his father his whole family is tied in this idea and if anybody understands that it's michael garen about Mm -hmm. the power that objects hold to when you're talking about family and sort of sentimental value. So he gets it i thought it was being very very sweet anything my dad somehow put his message in alien glass Better question is, why did your old man hide in a broken radio? I don't know. But my great-grandfather built it. it used to be the family business. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. in times of trouble, let this be your guide. <laughs> they were poets, too. Can you fix it? Uh, boosting the properties of the glass could create an ionic bond. Yeah, like Alien Lego. Grab the pliers. We're doing surgery. And also there's so much around um, the legacy that family leaves you, right? Um, So Kyle has a legacy left down from his family. So does Michael, even though he's not entirely sure what it is. Uh, Really everybody, that's such so much a part of it. Um, It's a legacy of family and and who are you because of that and outside of that. Um, So Kyle making the decision, like, I can't walk away from this regardless of like my family did it and they're telling me not to, but I have to, because that's who I am. Because look who his parents was were. They were, um, which, okay, this is a total sidebar, but as a Canadian, what is this about like voting in like sheriffs? How the hell does that work? Sheriffs, um, sheriffs run for office. It's a, it's a government office in a town. Um, so you run for sheriff, just like you run for mayor, run for governor, and you have to be yeah. voted, they, people vote for you. And so there'll be, and a lot of small towns, there'll be an election, but only one person has run for sheriff, so they win. I mean, it's just how it is. So well, it's a real thing. So, so Michelle ran for ran for sheriff and, and lost. It's just so bizarre to me that, I mean, I get, I, I guess to me, police aren't political figures, they're civil um, servants, right? So, well, But that's political. I mean, they're government, they're government employees. No, oh yes, no, of course. But like it's that right, same sort of thing. Like you. I can't have, yeah. It's just like still political, but so, it's not it's yeah. And also the reason, and I think uh, for most people, like American viewers of Roswell will understand the um some of the scenes with Kyle and some of the people in the town, the ones that the scenes that were in Spanish or whatever have these conversations. Arizona and New Mexico are very, very large Hispanic populations. Um, but also two of the most conservative anti-immigrant states in the U.S. And so Arizona especially has had a history of very racist sheriffs, very racist um, governors and and mayors and all these towns, um, and some of the strictest anti-immigration laws in the country. And so it's kind of this irony where New Mexico culture is, you know, a lot of Hispanic influence, obviously, um, but then you have these, some of the biggest racists in our country live in these areas. Mm-hmm. So you have this two sides meeting, which is how you get scenes like that, where it was a racist attack against that man. And, and, you know, Kyle's helping him. That's very much like well done on their part. Cause that's, that's an everyday reality, especially in the Southwest. Yeah. I, two things. I, uh, since you mentioned the scene in Spanish, uh, Props to Trevina. I think it did a tremendous job in that. Um, I think it's great that he's, you know, since his mom is, I think she's moving, you know, she's living in town yeah. anyway, um, that he try, he wants to kind of step into her role of 
protecting these people and we'll talk about what happens to him because of it (laughs) but um very quickly back to the michael scene the scene with michael um which is connected because he says kyle says you know all this stuff about legacy and not walking away from it and and all of that stuff and i think it's really great that michael despite still being very much not a friend of kyle's uh or not seeing kyle as a friend he he does internalize what kyle says to him and which is pretty much what Alex said in the last episode so it's probably what Alex said and then what other people said and then what Kyle said that just reinforced this idea that he doesn't really have to be just because his dad was maybe a genocide maniac Michael you don't know Jones told you you don't fucking know but anyway just because that seems to be the case it doesn't have to be the same person like he's not his father so I, I like that Michael had that realization because of Kyle which was 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 very sweet was it this episode or the last episode when they were at the rally for the new sheriff it's this where one. This one. oh it was where the beekeeper uh gentleman was like you know like we need a Valenti to fix this right and I just thought that was really interesting because like Kyle's a doctor like he's not mm-hmm. he's not in law enforcement but you can feel like that pressure he has to fix everybody and make everything okay and that comes, I think, with the legacy of his parents. So he feels that as well. Um, he doesn't have to be his parents, but there's still the weight of that. I think it's very interesting that, um, you know, Liz is the big focus of, Liz and her family are the big focus of the immigrant storylines in the show in general. Um, but Kyle's family are also immigrants. And we had that in the first season of Michelle saying, you know, our family did it the right way in air quotes. And we, we didn't really see that outside of that scene that we got in season one. But I think you do see it very much on Kyle and how, you know, his work ethic and the expectation, like you just mentioned, Shauna, um, that he, I think he says on himself and probably his parents had for him growing up and his family's that legacy and all of that and him being the child of immigrants um and a latino man and all of that um i just think it's very interesting how subtle that is in comparison to liz and uh, the otecos in general um but i think that still works if you pay attention to it um and it, it wasn't really that subtle in this episode but uh, I think throughout the show, it was a very subtle way. And I think it really works for Kyle. Well, it's just I, like, whole- I like that they, Liz and Kyle, um, both have had to sort of confront that they've been living in a world of, of privilege outside of this town and, and not really seeing firsthand always what's going on and having to see it when they come back mm-hmm. or when they become more involved with the town. Liz you know, they're both in the science field and they're both doing these wonderful things um, that, you know, they should absolutely be proud of, like dominating in fields that are largely white male dominated. Um, But then having to, you know, coming back and seeing the things that have been happening while they've been gone. I do, that's one of my favorite parallels between the two of them, um, because you get to see that in a lot of times, the first instinct might be to, you know, I I think Liz spent a lot of season one, like trying to get out of Roswell. That was sort of her goal. And Kyle's been sort of entrenching himself further and further and further into Roswell. And I think, you know, I'm always wondering if it's going to be some sort of like weird supernaturally, like there has to be a Valenti in Roswell or something, or, you know, some sort of, you know, fanfic wonderfulness who knows i've been reading a lot of steric fic lately and it's really weird um so so you get one of those but so i don't know if it's that or if it's you know that his family's been here for so long and they were so important to the town that he feels this sort of obligation to stay that parallels sort of liz's obligation so i I do love that i would say pretty much every character uh has experienced the sacrifice of their parent um, doing something for them to have a better life, whether it's their spacecraft landing on earth 
or immigrating to another country. Um, so I think there's a lot of pressure that probably comes from that, whether uh, it's from the parents or not. Um, when you look at the hardship and look what you know your parents have done for you, there's that part of you that's like, I have to be proven worthy of that. And what does that look like? So yeah, um, I think they all experienced that. I think the only one that maybe didn't have that was Alex um, in that in that same regard. But for Alex, I think it was a little bit more of um, you you got to prove yourself. You got to be a man. So he he got it in a different way. But I would say every character has had their parents sacrifice for them, and they're trying to live up to that sacrifice. All yeah. right. So um, let's talk about Kyle's quote unquote death. Um, <laughs> That was actually very uh, well well done. So good. Well so done, good. death. Like, what Didn't a gruesome way coming. to go. What a gruesome way to go. What a, I think we know, we talked about it last episode. You know, I, I, I think I have been, you know, it's been a couple of weeks and me have been like, guys, Kyle's going to die. I just want you to be prepared. Nick as well. You know, it's just because they made him so literally the moral center of the show. The conversation he had with Michael early on about, mm-hmm. I, you know, um, I don't know how I'd look my children in the eye if I didn't speak up or I didn't say anything. He's become, he's always been the sort of moral compass of the show, but this season has been outright. There's no subtlety about it whatsoever. So you knew something was going to happen to the moral compass. It's just always going to happen. But this is a good, this is a good way to die, especially because he's not going to stay dead. No, I didn't see it coming. I, I know that that sounds probably ridiculous, I thought there's no way it's Kyle. And you know, I've messaged you, Amanda, after every episode and being like, somebody give Kyle a hug. Kyle needs a hug. He's keeping everything together. I, even when they said like Valenti on there, I was like, well, and then I was not expecting it to happen like right then. And I freaked. I was like, no. And I was like, he's not dead. It's fine. He's not dead. It's fine. And I just kept telling myself that because I was really surprised. Kyle in season one could have died in a fiery crash of death and I would have been fine with it. This season, I was like, oh my God, like if he has a paper cut, is he okay? So I'm not all right right now. I had a moment where before he had died, I'd made a post on Tumblr about how he needed a nap and someone reblogged after (laughs) he died and they were like, this didn't age well. And it was like a TikTok moment of it's a good (laughs) joke. But I'm gonna need you to never say it again. <laughs> You're right. I did say he needed a nap. I did not need an eternal one. So anyway, um I thought the scene, the build-up to it was great. The actor who plays Jordan is his name, the racist piece of shit. So good. He plays racist piece of shit from? really. Good. I don't what know. Is he I'm also never... from? I've seen he looks very familiar. Else. But that was, he's, he plays a really good racist. He's a better Wyatt mm-hmm. than Wyatt was a Wyatt. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the buildup to that, the sort of emotional intensity, the moment that it happened and, you know, it was, it was well done. I did have a panic attack because I thought he would really die because all my brain cells flew out the window. So I was like, okay, they just killed Kyle. What are we going to do? And then everyone was like, you're an idiot. It's episode four. He's not going to die. I'm like, okay, it's fine. I get it. Yeah. Um, I, I did not have that moment. Like, I think everyone, kind of everyone that I saw live vlogging was freaking out. I was like, oh no. And then had that like half hour of panic and they're like, oh no, it's fine. It's episode four. And I didn't have that because I was right. So <laughs> I just, my, did it, my you were thing, right. Jesus. Listen, my only <laughs> thing now is because I, I was expecting it at some point. But now it's too soon. So it just kind of skewed all of my theories for the season. But no, it's going to be fine. I know it's going to be fine. It's too soon. Well. Kyle's not dead. (laughs) Well, and actually, let's let's take this moment. We'll talk about it now. I mean, it's a a natural segue of of, the details that Maria saw and what that means. If it's not Kyle... Um, and we can sort of agree that it's probably not Kyle, um, who we think it could be because some of the details don't really make any sense. So Alex is fine. Yeah. He's, he's pretty calm. He's like, oh, we're covering it up. I feel like he, I mean, he and Kyle were, I mean, they're friends, they're close friends, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Liz being late or presumably leaving, or I don't know what I'm, yeah, being late. That's weird. But also 
I mean, Rosa being really upset would make sense if it was Kyle, but I, you know, some of these, the, the details don't really add up the sunflowers and the song and all that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, again, Here's what my- doesn't make sense to me is always Alex's line of we're covering up a murder because if it was one of the close group, they would not cover it up. They just wouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, they're not 17 anymore, you know? Um, and it wasn't an alien. Like if it's Kyle, it wasn't an alien who killed him. It was a very clear hate crime. So like, and they have someone to blame. Now I know that Max arrives later and they don't actually know that it's been Jordan, but if there's, you know, uh, if police looks it in, in, looks into it, someone's gonna figure it out. So I don't, I don't see. I think it's Wyatt, mm-hmm. and I think it's Wyatt died protecting Rosa, and I think that's how he don't don't come for me. I'm not saying it's good, and I'm not saying it's, but I think he dies protecting Rosa, and the like sort of thank you is they bury him in the Valenti casket. Why? I, in I don't know. for Rose what well, late for for Rose because of Rosa. Right. So the Valenti is there because of Rosa. Right. Okay. Right. Well that's the only thing that makes sense is because it doesn't none of the none of the mains it, it can't mains as in M-A-I-N main characters. Um it just that uh, none of that fits with anybody other than someone. I mean, I feel like they would cover up if something happened to Wyatt, if it was alien related, I don't know. I don't know who else yeah. they would cover things up. For. I don't know. I really, truly don't know. Exactly. And well, well, my one thing with that is that everyone looks upset. Like, why is Max going at, up to Okay, speak? that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would he do that for Kyle? He wouldn't. If why, would he, it yeah, with why would he do it for anyone who's not like Liz or his siblings? That doesn't any sense mm-hmm. and uh, it couldn't be he, arturo because liz wouldn't be late and they wouldn't and be in a valenti would, casket and she would be way more upset if, if right. it was arturo like she does not look she's cross she's her eyes are water but she doesn't look like like her world is ending which is why i don't think it's kyle either because liz is not that upset what about no that's that's too far-fetched i was gonna <laughs> say like <laughs> Because I'm thinking, okay, so Kyle's dad was the sheriff before he died, correct? So for me, I'm like, that's the only thing that would make sense. Even though Kyle's not there, Rosa's upset. Uh, Kyle's mom is there. Max worked with and was hired by Kyle's dad. So like, other than Kyle, literally the only thing that makes sense, even though obviously he's already dead. So Unless I've did we see Michelle? Did we see Michelle in the? I don't. Yeah, we don't she know put, that it's Michelle. It could be. We didn't, we didn't see her though. in the vision. Well, yeah, we saw her hugging. We saw someone with dark hair from the hugging back Rosa. hugging Rosa. No, but we also so, didn't we see in in the second vision see her putting flowers on the couch. No, it like was the woman. The, no, that was, was the, the woman from the scene in Spanish. That was the wife of the man who got hate, who, the, the hate crime. Oh. That was the wife of him. So it could okay. be Michelle I, Valenti. My bad. Yeah, it could yeah. be Michelle Valenti. I still don't see how in the world that would happen. But it is the only thing. Mm. I don't know why Rosa would be so upset. But I mean, it's also a funeral. People get upset. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, you know it but honestly, be- this is the thing. She's seeing the future. The future can change. That's so what I think. I still think. The funeral may is- never happen. They may have prevented it from happening. Well, yeah. And also because like if the whole thing is because they don't have a church because the church burned and this the um, fires are set up to be um, cleared or contained by, I think, Isabel or Maria says by the end of the week. So they don't have much time um, because of the ashes that Maria saw. Mm-hmm. So... I would assume that we would find out who actually died at the end of the season, right? Mm. So what what is that going to leave us with? A season that all takes place in one week? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. So either we get How to How I Met the- Your Mother did it. How I Met Your Mother was a whole season of a weekend, so... Gross. Or, or Kyle dies... Max saves him and they're faking Kyle's funeral because Kyle's not really dead. Well, that, right. that could be, yeah. 
Yeah. And then I I be them because I'm right. So I, there is no really good way to sort of shoehorn in. I do. We do need to talk um, about Mr. Jones and Max. Because I love the, this is getting good. This is we got to spend mm-hmm. this, this substantial amount of time on Mr. Jones because I love him. Um, I did not get to see Mr. Jones impersonating Max around town for a long time, which is all I fucking wanted. So I mean, thanks a lot, Roswell. I I don't. You just wanted the one thing, but it's fine. I did love seeing Mr. Jones look like Max, but have his mannerisms that was fantastic nathan continuing to do a good job and continuing that to swagger that swagger oh sorry i am going to agree with mixed notes here i don't think he's lying i don't think jones is lying anymore i don't know what to believe i do i think that jones is the dictator but i think everything that he's saying is right he's just not revealing that he's talking about himself like the whole Star Wars lightsaber fight he had with Louise kind of only makes sense if he's the dictator. I get, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I definitely still think that. Um, but again, I don't actually think he's lying about anything else. I think that he's telling the truth. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't have time to watch these, the episode this time around. So uh, the parts with Max and Jones and Michael are, are a little bit fuzzy. Um, so but I, I do agree. I don't know if, if it's because he's getting to me that I don't think he's lying anymore because I like him so much. Um, or if he's just telling the truth, just not all of it. Um, but yeah, the fight was very weird. But I do think, I do generally believe, and I hope it's true. I don't know. I do generally believe that he cares about Max or oh, I think so too. Whoever he's talking about, if he's talking about Max or if he's, he's talking, talking about Michael. about Michael. He's talking about Michael. <laughs> when he said my child, he's talking it about was Michael. So funny. After the episode that Amanda and I were, were like, oh, so he's actually Michael's dad. <laughs> okay, cool. Now that we know that, um let's and when we both get to gloat for like ever if that's true and if it's not true we're going to pretend we never said it no one can ever prove it (laughs) but I think for me the most important part about the Jones Max Michael conversation is the irony behind talking about health and consent and body (laughs) we're talking here Michael and Max are having an honest to God conversation about body autonomy and consent and the show doesn't treat it as ironic at all that we're that we have someone who forcibly healed someone else and took away their body autonomy and then you you have michael saying oh well you know it's your choice you know what you know well but yeah i mean correct me if i'm wrong because again i haven't rewatched but it's michael saying it's your choice it's not max it's michael right so which I, so it's so very and someone brought it up on tumblr and i really oh i want to believe that this is going to lead to a larger conversation about what this means about you know your your right to do with your body and and you, you know get to make choices for yourself but you if they're going to actually have this conversation you have to talk about michael's hand you can't michael's leave hand it out and, and after my after max's reaction to isabel's abortion last season mm-hmm that's also a conversation right i you know the max and jones the 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 interactions that they have i think are almost less interesting like it's fine you know obviously it's a very weird situation with clones or whatever it's almost more interesting when someone else is in the scene with them Mm -hmm. um because i am gen i still like you make believe that jones cares for max i think that he it's his clone it's in some weird way your son brother cousin I have no idea what it is but like some sort of relation um but I also am still intrigued by the idea that Max felt safe with Mr. Jones when he was a kid and we've talked about it before and we don't have to go into depth but you got to trust in some ways child instincts yeah but then in this episode he says or it was the last episode well he said that you know he doesn't think they should trust him and it's just a gut feeling and I'm like 
What? So I'm, I'm mostly confused about whether or not, you know, that sort of Max and, and Mr. Jones relationship, because you would imagine that there would still be that, you know, I want to know more about how Max is feeling about that sort of kinship between yeah. the two of them. If he's feeling that, or if now, if it's a danger feeling, whereas when he was a kid, it was sort of a safe feeling and what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, I think honestly that Max was a weapon. And I think the reason was why he was a weapon is, is how when Mr. Jones talked about how intrinsically connected they are. One can't live without the other. Well, how would you be able to control the dictator by having a piece of him that you have power over? Right. So if Michael is the dictator's son, um, that's not important right now because right now he needs to have power over Max because he can't do anything with Michael if he's going to die. So though I like Mr. Jones, um, the only problem I had was the whole dog thing. He like talked to the dog while the dog's been shot. And I'm like, can we just like, can you just heal the him? I have a really hard time with this. The bullet so, hole was a lot. Like, the, I know. the whining. And yeah. now that he's the very nice to the dog now, and I guess the dog's his buddy, but at the same time, could you not? Um, so I think that he, he might care for Max, but I don't think that Michael, if Michael is his son, then his feelings for Max come from a different place. And I think it comes from a place of his own self-preservation. Oh, it's narcissism. And I think it's because they're connected. Oh, oh I, I, for yeah. sure. Um, so, but I think what I'm trying to figure out is like, we, we, none of us know, but like, what is this long-term game plan? Why did he let himself get back into the cage? Why is he's only giving them bits and bits and pieces? He's only showing them. So it's like, what is your final game plan here, dude? Like, what are you yeah. trying to accomplish? Yeah, exactly. Because I was I really surprised how short of a time he was actually out, and it did. He didn't really use that time to do anything. Like he just mm-hmm. went into Max's house, changed Which his feels clothes, on had a shave, snooped around his house, and then waited for Max to come home. And I was like, Wait, well, this is fucking boring. I mean, you didn't, need to look, you didn't need to look like Max. Although, oh, I still want to figure out a way that it's Max that's in the cave. It's not. He's not. But I just, there was something yeah. important about him looking like Max now. Like, that, that's yeah. not, on, there was a reason for it. All right. Mick, favorite part of the episode. Oh, wait, we have to talk about Wyatt and Rosa. Oh, God damn it. I don't want to. <laughs> Wyatt and Rosa is a terrible storyline. End of. You know what? I have two thoughts on Wyatt and Rosa. And um, one is they should have just kept Wyatt as the awful racist instead of Jordan. Of and just he did, gave well, he that, did it well. Just give him that storyline. Do whatever you want to do with Rosa with either a new character or her by by herself it's fine if she's by herself she doesn't need a romantic storyline okay and it would have worked anyway because jordan is just Wyatt. he is he's very different the same thing he's the same thing he's 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 actually probably a better Wyatt, but still Wyatt could have Um, fulfilled the role and the other thing is which is so gross so gross when uh, the last scene that they have together and Wyatt is saying that he wants to leave. I hope he does. And whatever Rosa says about being given a, ch- a second chance or being, you know, uh, being given a chance to grow and change and all of that, I just want to point out that being in rehab, being, you know, um, substance, uh, you know, a drag addict or alcoholic or all of that, and being a, a racist bigot, is not the same thing and growth doesn't happen the same way uh, exactly for those two things so that was my only thought I didn't write it down in my notes but I had it in my mind when I watched the episode it was so gross I think I'm gonna say something people aren't gonna like um I personally like the Wyatt thing and the, well let me explain Though, yes, Wyatt is a racist and a bigot and all those sort of things. The man loses his memory and then he's not anymore. Now, to me, that shows a very... Pardon? Convenient. No, of course, yes. But what I'm saying is if we take that as truth, right, and that's truly what happened, well, that tells us two things. 
it tells us that those tendencies are taught and they're learned. They're not things that are born into us, which we all know, but it's still a good message. But also it's that whole concept of change. So if we're watching all these characters constantly change, improve themselves, Kyle was a homophobic asshole. We've forgiven him because he's made amends. Now, why hasn't made amends? In a way he has, because he doesn't, he knows he was like that and he's seen, but it's also like, that's not me. I'm watching me, but that's not me. Um, so I think that it's nice. Now, does he get his memories back and go back to being an asshole? Does he not? Do we even ever see him again with this show? It's hard to tell. Um, but I do actually like this whole, the whole, because I think Rosa needs even though it's not her fault, nothing that happened is her fault. Having quote unquote forgiveness from somebody like Wyatt is important to her. Um, not saying it's right or, or anything like that, but for her to have that, I think is a big deal to have somebody who used to look at her a certain way, not look at her like that anymore and see something in her. Um, I think it's good for her. And yeah. That's my opinion on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue pretty pretty loudly with you here. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah, it's all good. Um, the here's my here's my major thing. Wyatt was born into racism. It was a part of his life from the moment that he was born. They've told us this on the show. Erasing ten years does nothing. He was still in a racist family. It's not like racism becomes abhorrent to him or a new concept. Why is he confused about people using Confederate iconography? If only 10 years were erased, he was raised in a family that did this, okay? We can say that this one event increased, harbored, you know, and let, allowed his sort of racist ideas that he was raised in to fester and get, you know, get the advent of you know the the internet becoming more and more a way that racists let out their their bullshit um the trump election like all of these things um give him a louder platform a, a taller platform and a louder voice but i have a hard time understanding why erasing 10 years automatically makes him anti-racist all of a sudden because it's it doesn't work that way it's not like you wake up one morning and you're racist and so if you can erase your memory back to that day, you're going to, it's going to be fine. It doesn't make any sense. That's, that's number one. Well, and number two for me is that he has done no, none, not one second of atonement. All he's done is say, I did shitty things, blah, 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 blah. But it wasn't, it didn't come about because he wanted to be a better person. It didn't come about like Kyle did where he grew, he matured he realized that he was young and dumb and he did, he did and said some things that he regretted and he's a better person. Wyatt is not a better person because any second now when he gets his memories back, what does that mean? There's no, there's yeah. been no atonement from him, but when he stands up to a couple of racist people and then walks off into the distance, that none of that is confronting his actual actions. He isn't watching someone else do these things. That is inside of him. That is him. It just, to me, is like a, just uh, it's insulting to the idea of personal responsibility and growth and and growing from a, a place of wanting to be better education of actual self-realization versus an event happens that forces you you know does that make sense like it's not like an organic no I thing. totally hear what you're saying and I just I just view it as a because I've always kind of felt that the the racism towards uh, that those guys felt and I, to be honest I didn't really pay attention to the whole growing up and the thing like I didn't realize all that stuff had happened I didn't pay attention to that but what um, got me was I think it really started after his sister's death and blaming Rosa and then blaming immigrants right. as a whole and all that kind of stuff. doesn't mean that but for me what I really see it as is our experiences define us and yes, it's a choice. It's always a choice. I'm not saying that it's not. Um, but if you don't remember those experiences that defined and shaped you, who are you then, right? Are right. you a clean slate or are you still this thing no. underneath? That's, I don't know. 
He um, murdered. Sorry, he murdered Liz. It was a hate crime. He murdered. No. Yes. Shot her. Yes. Exactly. So, exactly. I'm so, not. I'm not saying in any way what the things that Wyatt right. has done is good or he's a good person. To me, what I think will be what is interesting to me is to see what they do with that, if anything. What is it? Is he right? Is he that's what I'm saying. Right, exactly. And that I mean, it's interesting. There was anyone other than Wyatt, and the 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 problem Roswell got themselves into is they spent a full season one. There's a lot more Wyatt than you really think about. When you really think about it, there's a lot of Wyatt in that. They spent all that time. He's not just a racist standing on a street corner yelling shit. Right. He is putting up whites only signs on fountains. He's murdering Liz Orteco. A hate crime mm-hmm. he's harassing arturo for years and years and years and years so he's not just a run-of-the-mill racist who reads a couple of books and then decides he wants to be anti-racist he's actually a jesse mains level villain mm-hmm. so to say that a villain like that can be redeemed because somebody wiped his memory it just it does not sit right with me because that's not how racism works well, that's, that's what I think would be interesting is to me is if we see him again and he gets his memories back, what that looks like, that, that to me would make this interesting and worthwhile. Cause then what else, why, what's the point? What is the point? There is no point. Um, so it would be, it'll be interesting if they do that. Um, and then if he can redeem himself by the how could you, I guess him. my question is how do you redeem someone who essentially murdered someone else because of the color of their skin. How do you redeem that person? Yeah. So no, I'm not, I'm not saying that why it's great. And I want him and Rosa to end up together. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I'm intrigued by what could happen and what, if anything will happen with that, because the only, yeah, the only way why it can be redeemed for me redeemed. And I say that he can't be redeemed, but the only way that this storyline makes any sense is if Wyatt dies in the end. All right. Anything else about Rosa and Wyatt? God help us. All right. Mick, favorite part of the episode. Um, I think the whole um Marianne Isabel girls trip, which was a trip, just not what mm. we thought it was gonna be. Um and I have two. The Marianne Isabel um dreamscape stuff and um the guarantee scene. Same. Mine are, the, mine are the same things. Um, I think these are actors that have such great chemistry all with one another and they don't always get a lot of scenes together. And so uh, anytime there's new dynamics, that's how we should have known Kyle was going to die. And the minute that he got to spend time with it, you know, with a new character that he hasn't spent time with in so long, he was of course going to die. Um, but it, it all, it, it continues this trend that I hope we see all season of this group of friends needs to actually be a group of friends where they all interact with one another. And there's all of this, um, you know, actual like conversations between them. And so this was a nice, you know, we got some unusual pairings that we don't always get. So that's what I'm hoping. I forgot to mention that I do hope that because we're getting so many dynamics for Kyle and Maria specifically, which I I know we mentioned from last season, they weren't getting. Um, that this doesn't mean that someone else is getting sacrificed in getting those dynamics, <laughs> Rosa, because um, that what that's what it looks like right now. And Rosa mm-hmm. last season had a lot of those dynamics that because yep. she was a big center of the season, and she's only getting scenes with Wyatt. Yeah. So I do hope that changes. Um, and for it's Alex as like well, fate. but Alex has been isolated for two seasons now. So well, and also Alex wanted to be isolated this yeah, season. Yeah, like yeah. It works. It's, it's kind of the right. point of the season. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's almost like so, there's always has to be always has to be someone isolated from everyone else. Like they don't know how to write everyone as part <laughs> of the group. Yeah. And that's why I'm I I'm I'm guess I'm wondering, we keep going back to Rosa and Wyatt, but we we're talking about Rosa. I'm just wondering if there's some twist that I'm not seeing, that I'm not understanding, that I'm not getting, because you know it's so far not really making a whole lot of sense. Is, the, is she the ghost this season? Does do we get one ghost per season? And yes, is she I think the ghost, she's the ghost this season. season. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, exactly. And so I don't know if it's gonna come to a head at the end. I really don't know, but it, you know, again, nice to see other people interacting 
you know, hopefully Rosa gets to interact with literally anyone else other than I think Wyatt and Liz are the only people. Favorite part of the episode? Well, clearly the the ladies dynamic in the mindscape for me and seeing Liz be so ridiculous was so fun for me. So I really enjoyed that. And I actually really enjoyed the flashback scenes from uh, Jones, whether they're true or not, because it's really starting to look to me like the pod squad's uh, parents were not the people that we thought they were. So I, every, whether it's a lie or not, we don't know yet, but I'm really starting to get the idea that we might have been rooting for the wrong side. And I, that intrigues me and I like that. Uh, so those, those are my favorite scenes, but um, yeah, I would love more scenes of, of the ladies together. Um, I think that would be, that would be great. All right, guys. Well, thank you for, thank you to Shauna for stepping in and being <laughs> our, our third this week. We are greatly appreciate it. Um, are we still friends? <laughs> yes, we are. Of course. Okay. Um, next week, I won't be here. Um, Sarah will be back and then we will have our sound editor, Katie, will be stepping in for me for next week. So there'll be three weeks in a row because the week after Sarah won't be here. So it'll be three weeks in a row without the original three musketeers, but we're, uh, you know, going with the flow um, and figuring things out. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is episode 31 recap for episode four, season three, and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank Thank you guys.